Hello, and welcome to episode number five of Duckfeed Live, a squadron of slippies. This was originally broadcast on September the 26th of 2014 as a live video stream for our Patreon backers. We are joined by Murph Murphy of the Dork Knight Podcast to answer your questions and queries. If you would like to watch this live, see the video broadcast, or submit questions of your own, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and donate at or above the $5 level. Let's hop right in and uh, have a good time. I didn't see you there. <laughs> We've already done the Kickstarter video. It's white discussion <laughs> from throwing copper. <laughs> white discussion? White, comma, discussion. Huh. Is that a name? Discussion white? <laughs> I don't understand Ed Kazik... Live? <laughs> Ed Live. Ed Live. Oh, I, I love the song in high school when it was new, and it still rocks my face off today. It says so crazy BMX three months ago. Is this is this on uh, song meanings? It is on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. I, got, I think. Good. I, I, oh, I, okay. I, I dropped out there for like the first the intro. I think, but that's all right. That's okay. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 the first intro, the, it, it rocked you off the net. Yeah, it was just about to get into the chorus, but I'm saving that to underscore specific. <laughs> so, so Google Hangouts has actually introduced a feature that I don't quite understand. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. Uh, called applause. Um, and what I think that does is whenever people approve of what we say, uh, you know, and they are clapping along at home, um, I think they press a button and we hear like a little hooray, or it's somehow noted. And I think that it's meant to help people go to the spot that is most approved of in a, in a broadcast on the on the YouTubes. That's a real on. nightmare. Like, people are just going to, like, if I was listening to this, I would just do it <laughs> like all the time. Like or in the most... Yeah, you know, stupidest moments. Yeah. I don't know. I, I left it enabled because it, I thought it could be fun. Yeah, but like it is so like. Oh, now I have nothing. Remember, nope. we lost I'm back. I'm back. I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I see you as an undulating white circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna drop. I'm. I guess I'm using these settings to go like low, very low bandwidth. I was up at very high, so that was probably a mistake. Hey, you're back. Yeah. Am I back? Can you hear me? Am I live? Yes, you are oh, live. Okay, cool. I just adjusted my settings to drop off the, the bandwidth usage. So you look very blocky and pixely, but I think it's better than dropping out entirely. It's a genetic condition. Come on. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> was the... the thing with that applause thing that annoys me with technology in general is the urge to make improvements that I never would ask for or think of and the ignoring of making improvements I want. Mm-hmm. which tends to be just a, a thing. Apple does it all the time, too. But that's I think that's what I get annoyed about with this shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, how's time and money put into something that, like, I couldn't give a shit less about, but making it, like, <laughs> optim- you know, making it work better or making the layout of, like, how to get to this thing easier mm-hmm. is not a priority for some reason. It drives me fucking bonkers, like... Yeah. Well, well, 
I'm I'm leery of expressing any kind of like affection for anything on the internet because because wow. that is immediately captured and monetized. So like w- w- what they have created by trying to harness the power of love and the power of you know brand loyalty and whatnot is this crazy dystopian underground where no affection can ever be shown. Yeah. Wow. It's like the um, equilibrium. Yeah. Yeah. That, guys, remember that movie from the early thousands? <laughs> that was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, that was, that was Erasure, right? Yeah, you're. This is the one with the the Gramamine Knights, and it was like 1984, except stripped of all subtlety and also yeah. gung gung fu. Equilibrium, <laughs> <laughs> X versus Supper. <laughs> oh man, X versus Sever. We had to do. We had to do something about like uh like transmedia campaigns because that was a movie based on a Game Boy Advance game. Are you, is that the way it went? I thought the Game Boy Advance game was based on the movie. I believe that the movie was based on like they they, they were developed together, but the Game Boy Advance game came out first. Somebody suggest that for Abject Suffering, please. Please do. I would love to talk about X versus Sever for. <laughs> Okay. Wait, I think you know that's not like the full title though, isn't it? Like ballistic, ballistic. colon yeah. X, like the most awkward title. Yeah, it's, the cool it, thing is, you, you can either be an X man or a Sever man. And, <laughs> and that's how you categorize people. Like you're either into X or you're into Sever. Uh, okay. Who's <laughs> been more of a Severman? Uh, <laughs> which well, which I, one was Lucy Liu? I don't know. <laughs> clearly, clearly, those names are gendered, Cole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know you're a bigot. Misgender, misgender stuff. Yeah, I'm on gender stuff. That's funny. Oh, who? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even touching that. No, no. Nope. no this is this is happy times. Introduce hmm? yourself, Murph. Oh, yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Murph. Uh, I do a podcast called the Dork Knight Podcast, and actually, it's funny that you put in the description hours played, because I literally just clicked the button yesterday to, to shut her down. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, it, it got to, to the point where it was more of an obligation than uh, than something fun to do, eh, so. Yeah. I, I, I plan on other artistic endeavors. It's just not that particular one but don't don't worry you'll you'll see some more stuff like the thing i privately shared with you guys that no one else can ever ever see <laughs> <laughs> and we can't even allude to can we uh, <laughs> it's fine it's fine i won't blow up your spot no it's I, I i fully plan on a public release i just need to to sanitize it in such a way that i am in no way associated with it <laughs> <laughs> Release it on tour. <laughs> Chinese <laughs> dissidents just playing my yeah that thing. Said <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, oh my. Oh man. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I I mentioned those shows um in the in the beginning uh, on, the, on that first on that first post and then every time afterward it is is just mirth of podcasts. Yeah, that was great. I think Zach of Video Games Hot Tog recognized me as such. It was <laughs> that was a, a fun, I guess, little evening. Well, I don't, moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, for no the... problem. My pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we want to hop to some questions? <clears throat> Let's do it. I want to. Sure. Wait, what... 
what questions do we got? Let's see here. So, Brian Skersha, uh, yeah, there we go, Skersha asks, what are your thoughts on the new Steam curation functionality and the latest update to Steam? Uh, do you plan on starting a, a Steam curation page for WAF slash DuckFeed? Uh, see my comments from earlier about not wanting to like anything on, on the internet. However, uh, Valve is up there in the companies that I would trust um, on such kinds of things. So, I don't know. It kind of I I have felt like overwhelming pressure to like not pressure, but just curiosity. Like, okay, what would happen if I went back and like pulled up everything we've ever talked about on the level and made a list out of that? You know, just as like a hey, here's a resource. But um, yeah. Well, here I've got a funny story about Steam curation and why I hate it currently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like just the day before, a friend of mine sent me like. He's like, hey, I know it was a joke in that it was the shittiest anime thing on Steam right now, and I think it's called something like Cat Girl whatever, and my friend sent me a link. He's like, hey, click this, and I clicked it on it. I was like, ah, oh, goddammit, my wife's home. It can't be. <laughs> can't. And then, like, it's, you know, the, the Steam update pulls out, and I look in there, and it says on the bottom, it says, because you looked at shitty Cat Girl anime, Here's some other shitty cat girl anime games that you might like. I'm like, no, no, I don't like this. Is the death of irony on Steam? Follow <laughs> <laughs> Steam Greenlight on Twitter. Every once in a while, I'll click on one of those games because those are amazing, and it's always you know because mm-hmm. you like Fart, but you know Fighter <laughs> you, know, you might like Fart, but Fighter One. And in Brown's team, I don't like either of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like any aspect of it. Like I'm, I don't like the curation. Like it feels weirdly egotistical to me, and that I don't need it. Like, I just, I, I don't know, like, part of the fun and being a game person for me is in keeping up with game releases and browsing through stuff and kind of deciding what I think looks good. Yeah. Um, I don't seek out recommendations except from, from people I actually know, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's because I we do podcasts, so, like, I'll hear recommendations from, from you or from Nick or something like that, so that's part of that. But the other thing is, man, do I hate the, the UI, like... Good God! It's a click deep, and at the bottom of the screen to get to just a list of new releases. Mm-hmm. What they show as new releases is rec- or popular new releases, which I don't care for because that's not what I'm interested in. And when you actually get to new releases, it doesn't filter it by games; it filters it by everything. So every DLC, every demo, every video, or something like that is shown. It's just really ugly. And like I really liked every day. Like okay, there's probably ten new Steam games on here. I just want to look through them and see what's interesting. I really liked that, and now I don't have it. Yeah, it comes from this like we were talking about Google Plus. It comes from this weird like in effort to improve functionality of something, in a way that I don't like. I just I don't need like I I don't want to project onto too many people, but um, it just like there. I read an interview where Gabe Ann was talking about like well, right now the store is functional. I mean it works really well as what it is, but it's just an experience and it's kind of boring. Or it's kind of boring. It's not really an experience. And like that's exactly what I want. You know, like, I don't need, like, a fun experience where I can socially network about my favorites and stuff. Like, I don't want that at all. Like, I just want right. to, like, look at a storefront and make my choices and investigate on my own, you know? Like, like I'm, I, I bought the new Humble Bundle, which is the, the women's protagonist bundle, which has the Yogg, which is, oh, man, mean. So we, good. So good. But then it, I also kind of want to check out the, uh, the Long Live the Queen, but I don't want anyone to know that I've checked it out as well. Oh, just go for it. It's a good I, game. Is it? Is it real? Okay, I'll, yeah, Cole's on the list. Uh, <laughs> you'll get, you're on the, the shitty anime cat girl uh, <laughs> it's curation a, list. 
like 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 in all honesty, like I I I had some trepidation about buying it again because it's an anime princess game. Um, but if you like the Yog, it is of a similar stripe to that. Okay. Um, that or Sunless Sea, where it's just about here's a situation with a choice. Um, it has like a lot like an order of magnitude more complexity behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it is it is pretty goofy, and I I get self conscious whenever I play it because like everybody <laughs> can see Cole is. Cole is playing this weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not that I'm insecure, but like our, our stances on anime are complicated and uh, all over the place. So I have a, I have a facade to maintain. <laughs> the latest like addition to the humble store is Final Fantasy 13, which like was a real mm-hmm. illustration of how far hum, the humble brand has gotten away from its origins. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Final Fantasy 13 on the humble store. What is what is <laughs> going on there? Um. I, I am a well-known uh, detractor of Final Fantasy XIII, just from a mechanical and gameplay and literally any way that matters uh, <laughs> kind of stance. Uh, I, I avoided that one based, based you know, on reading about it and how it sounded. And it, it, it's the correct choice. <laughs> I, so so I, I keep giving it like more chances, but I, but I always bounce off of it. Because like I get it in the back of my head, like oh this seems like it'd be fun to play because I like Final Fantasy games and this is the one that I haven't played, uh, you know to 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 an extent and I don't know I don't know why 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 I don't learn. I, I, yeah, I I beat it, but it was the equivalent of a, a hate beating. Just, yeah, yeah, like I was like I'm not going to let you beat me, game, <laughs> <laughs> which is like not healthy in any way because I was not enjoying it at the end. Like ugh. But, yeah, then Dennis from the level he had a very he had a very similar experience to that as well. I did. Um, well, we're kind of on Final Fantasy. I I actually finally beat over the trip that I took. Uh, Final Fantasy one on iOS, which mm. is like sort of a dragon from my childhood. Like I never got past the first uh, fiend. Uh, if you're familiar with Final, if you're familiar with the Final Fantasy oeuvre, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, the the iOS port has some interesting improvements, but then again, that also kind of detracted as well. So I don't know. I can't. It's hard to recommend. It's not the same dragon that you you face down uh, on the NES. Like it's way easier. Yeah, it, it was. Oh yeah, completely easier. Yeah, iOS in a good way. Like it's more balanced because the first one, like Final Fantasy One on the NES, is a real slog. Mm-hmm. I liked that game a lot when it came out, and I, you know, probably consider myself a fan of it in general. Um, but it is real grindy, mostly to buy spells and shit. Um, yeah, and they change that; you get more money than you want. Yeah, there's something about this Steam thing to, to to briefly take us back on topic that really upsets me about the internet in general, which is looking at something. Uh, the, the the act of looking at something is considered the act of being interested in it or liking it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I really, you know, get get creeped out by that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want anyone collecting my my stuff. Yeah. Um, do we lose you, Murph? Can you hear us? Your your picture on there looks pensive and frozen. I think we have. Yeah. We're having technical difficulties. People who are listening. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I apologize. We'll, uh, we'll pop Murph back in. Yeah. Let's see. How do I do this? Let's see, I will invite him. Yeah, so no. apologize for this thrilling audio. Yeah. Uh, when this comes out in podcast form. The um 
Yeah, I don't like that either because I'm interested in looking at everything. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I want... I don't need it. Like, it just feels creepy to have things tailored to me. It doesn't... Uh, it's not something I want. I don't think... Like, a personal recommendation is... It's like a computer trying to emulate a personal recommendation, which is the only recommendation that matters. Mm-hmm. And even, like, a live, like a Netflix queue, like, recommendation thing, like, that's one of the oldest examples of this that I've seen. And mm-hmm. that is also faulty and ends up suggesting stuff that I hate. Like, yeah. Consistently, like... It doesn't work. I wish that the internet would stop doing it in general. <laughs> it never will because that information is valuable, because people are buying it, because capitalism ruins everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't work on you, but it works on a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I sheeple, as we as we mentioned. <laughs> I They're not I sheeple. I just I hate it. I realize that it makes money, or people wouldn't do it. I'm not an idiot. I just really wish that that wasn't the. It's one of like the laundry list of ways I wish the world wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that like what well, like what we're running up against, and not to be like oh kids these days, but there actually is like people younger than us probably never knew anything different or don't have any inherent distrust of the system, right? Yeah, maybe. Well, if you're listening to this, kids, <laughs> system. Yes. If, if, if your age ends in teen, let us know like anything yeah. about you because I have no insight. Yeah. If, if, if a machine or a computer or a website recommends something, that's not actually a real person and it has no value. So just remember that all the time. The only reason they're doing that is to take your money from you. And it's the only <laughs> reason they're doing it. And the thing you're seeing it on, that's the only purpose behind that. Like, <laughs> literally nothing else that it's trying to do. Don't believe them. Yeah. Uh, Everything is out of town. Yeah, <laughs> you are back. Yeah. We we went on a rant. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> well, as a member of the military-industrial complex, I can tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm not one of those I sleep peoples. Okay, I'm not gonna go sleep. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, go in for a sleep study. They capture your dreams, turn them into Hollywood movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down for that. It happens. Hmm. Let us see here. Why don't we go with, uh, well, he's already asked a question. Uh, so Brett Burrell asks, <clears throat> can you guys talk a little bit about the intro slash outro music for your shows? The Mario Pan stuff is obviously from Gary, uh, uh, but can you guys talk about how slash when the songs came about? What made you pick uh, each one for its respective show? Uh, oh, gosh, this continues. It is a long question. It is over, too. Um, to were you emulating specific styles, etc.? The bonfire side chat one sticks out quite a bit from the other ones. The outro to that one is great as well. Oh. And uh, I'll wrote that one. Uh, all right, okay, all right. Now I think I'm better. Okay. You're a glowing sphere, but I like it. So let's just go with sphere, Murph. Yes. Or Ah, yes. I'll. Yeah, I'm not much to look at anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I, I kind of like the ghostly glowing sphere. Like it has these little sound waves when you talk. Oh, oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That that normally would be a um a uh, like a little goblin. If if you look up um uh Bogart Harbinger is my was is my normal avatar, but I've been using that email for some professional purposes, and I was like, well, if someone else has Gmail, they'll see this kind of goblin thingy. It's like, <laughs> probably not the aura I want to project. Yeah. <laughs> so now you'll be a sphere projecting an actual aura. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, this is, this is, yeah, this is your essay uh, icon. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Haha. No, you, you'll be able to link me. Gary, I've been doxxed. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. 
military industrial complex. Social engineering at its finest. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, segueing into something that I want to talk about. I actually am... <laughs> we, we, we had a question. Sorry about oh, that. Go. Oh, no, go ahead then. Go ahead. Nine months not answer. as interesting. Then you can segue. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, Gary, why don't you talk, because you're the music man. I've only done a couple. Well, the reason why the Bonfire Side Chat one sticks out is because that's one that you did. Um, you did yes. uh, The Level and Bonfire Side Chat, and then somebody else did um, Those Damn Ross Kids, or is that... Yes, that is a, that, that is a Creative Commons song from a, uh, from a band in Sweden called the Diablo Swingra. Um, uh, that, uh, it is called the Balrog Boogie. Um, and I like it because it's kind of like a like a dirty jazz kind of thing. Yeah. It does sound like dirty jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Mario Paint ones are me, and that's because that's been my chosen instrument for the couple years. Um, the WAF theme is not Mario Paint. That's a, all on a sequencer. Um, and that was just me trying to sound 8-bit in the front and uh, kind of computery <laughs> in the back. You know, you know that <laughs> style. Um, but... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what it, like how to choose like the things like the check it out comrade is quotes that March of the Volga boatman, dun 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 dun, which is the <laughs> yeah. only thing I associate with Russia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not the um the 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And then Adric Suffering is just me fucking around with Mario Paint, and I didn't want to make it sound grimdark because I didn't want it to sound like the title of it because it was actually a fun show. Yeah. And I thought it would be too much up on Front Street as far as it being uh, like masochistic. Like it is a joke, jokey masochistic, not a yeah. serious masochistic. Yeah. Yeah, something to offset it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to speak to the, the bottom. Good. Oh, I was going to say, if we're, we're talking theme songs, uh, the Dork Knight podcast was also done by oh, Gary. Yeah. So, yeah. I am uh, available for that. If anybody has uh, is looking to do that, I am for hire. Yeah. So, I'm super happy with that. And the, before that, we were using like an Incompete Tech one, mm. which yeah, I guess I, does a lot of stuff, but eh, I like Gary's. Oh, thank mm -hmm. you. I'm happy to do it. So, yeah. I actually, just real quick... Um, I don't know if they'll ever do anything with it, but I wrote a song um, for Riff from the uh, video game Hot Dog was going to do a spin-off show, and yeah. never did. And I did a song for that that I'm really proud of that will be on the the second album, but I don't know if the show will ever come out. Right. I you also did, have yeah. a, a video game taco theme song that I made that never got used, but I think is pretty good too. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And then you did a Mario Paint version of the actual video game Hot Dog theme song as well, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm available. <laughs> that is, that is. I give it up all my political beliefs I had in the last ten minutes, and I'm available for hire. <laughs> yeah, um, the bonfire side chat theme song that is uh, that is this guitar here uh, tuned to open open D minor, <clears throat> um, and then just the 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 um, high E uh, fret from three to five to seven over and over again, and then I just fucked around with a couple of chords. I couldn't do it again if you asked me to. Um, and then I laid some, you know, samples over it. I just wanted it to sound hopeless because that's a <laughs> large part of the Souls games, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like, I like that theme song a lot. So. Yeah. Then the, le the level is just, uh, it's it's just me messing around with a MIDI keyboard. 
mm-hmm. honestly, you know. Yeah. I think the little one too. Yeah. Yeah, we we we've got a it's a, a pretty solid audio brand for all of our shows. I I hesitate to use the use the B word for that, but like it's something that we're you know it makes sense because we're an, you know it's an audio medium. But um, you know those are important, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, you you had something that you wanted to uh, segue to, Mer? Oh, I was. Um, I've recently come into the care of a cat, though it is not my cat. So, uh, I, how do you make a cat love you, Gary? Is what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. We well, first get an abused cat when it's real young, and then be the only human that's nice to it for, like, five years. <laughs> so that, oh, that's, that's what I did. See, how, I, how did I'm you, on the, mm-hmm. How did you make that answer so depressing, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me. Um, the, uh, yeah, I don't have months. I don't have years. Just, uh, just respect it, its space. And let it oh, okay, because that's annoying when it goes into a room that we don't want it in. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that, that's a door. That's a job for a door. <sighs> yeah, but sometimes doors are forgotten or yeah. you're drunk and you have to cat proof. Like you have to get used to certain things. Like I mean, every time I leave a a room at all, I'm really conscious about animals coming in and out, even if I'm like at work. Mm. Uh, it's just a habit, you know. It's, and I also put toilet seats down. Um, not only, you know, and I, the lid part too, I put the full toilet seat down so animals don't drink out of toilets wherever I'm at. And it's just a hot, you know, habit. See, we, we've trained the dogs to, we have two dogs as well. So that's also mm-hmm. been fun. Uh, um, and, but they, they kind of like, they know you don't go in the bathroom because then I yell and I'm scary. Then you get belly rubs cause I feel bad. Yeah. None, none of those methods will work <laughs> on a cat. Like you can't, uh, Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all carrot, no stick. Like I yell at the cat, and the cat just doesn't even acknowledge me, and then I'm angry. Then I'm like, "Why am I yelling at you, cat?" And then I go take the dogs for a walk, and I feel better. Yeah, yeah. There's no point in ever yelling at a cat. Like, it, <sighs> it, like I can't understand why you're yelling at it. <laughs> you can startle it when it's doing something bad. Like mm-hmm. water, like a squirt gun does wonders. Like get a squirt gun, and then whenever it gets somewhere, you don't want it to be squirt it, and it will start associating. Ah, uh, see, so the, the one time we had to get it, we like we just had to get it out of a room, but it was still in the "I'm going to claw your you to death" kind of phase. We've we've moved past that, just to like mild contempt mm. <laughs> instead of open hostility. But we had to use a uh, a vacuum cleaner, and that was just not pleasant for anyone. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a big like a big squirt gun, mm. like a big reverse air squirt gun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how did you come into possession of this cat? Um, it, a friend of ours had to be out of an apartment very quickly, and the only place that they could go to did not allow pets. Um. So we are, while they are in you know tran- in transition, we are uh, taking care of this the cat. Oh, well, that, that is good of you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try and be a good human, but I still prefer my dogs. Like if you know if, if there was a, a madman, you know, dangling one of them or the cat, like I think it, uh, it would be the dogs every day. Well, the, the, that one's your pet. Well, yeah. Also, well, I think even just an anonymous dog might even, yeah. well, you know, anonymous dog, anonymous cat. The, the series of choice, like things that would have to happen to put you in that situation, like that oh, would yeah. be a real weird power play for someone to to go for. <laughs> Here, stranger, I'm dangling these two animals you don't know off a building. 
which one do you choose? Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm going to work. Like, then, <laughs> right. The the correct moral choice is to extract yourself from the situation. Yeah, I'm hungry. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured you lived in Portland, so all those weirdos. Yeah, it happens uh -huh. to me every day. <laughs> oh, Portland joke. Yeah, every single day. <laughs> Portland jokes are every single day the dangling. Every single day there's a dangling. Okay. So they, 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 we go down to the old dangling square. And, <laughs> so it's uh, weird. He's 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 trying to intimidate you to sign his petition for animal rights, which is yeah. just <laughs> this is really extreme. <laughs> is this what you want to happen every day? <laughs> no, I'm going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to dangle the dog to save it. Yeah. It's yeah. a lazy dog dangling afternoon. Yeah, the worst Dustin Hoffman movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> two Dustin Hoffman movies, Dog Dangling Afternoon and Dangle's Dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was more, it was more of a more of a vine than a yeah. movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, man. Um, let's see here. Brett says, I'm late to the party, but hi, dudes. Hi, Brett. Hey, hi. Brett. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the party. Yeah. We recorded, I believe we recorded one of your uh, uh, suggestions for Abject Suffering. I, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, one, one, of, one of the Brett squads. Yeah. The, the, the Brett squad. The like to call them? <laughs> what? <laughs> the B-Boys. The B-Boys, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Martin uh, Pizanchin, uh writes in saying, have any of you guys played the original Crimson Skies on PC? Uh, <gasps> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to see through a good, uh, a, a good few faults uh, in the flight and combat uh, mechanics, but it's an atmospheric hero simulator that's utterly charm charming. Makes you feel oh, great. Wait, or if you have on. an opinion. Wait, I give me a minute. I need to look up uh, if this is the game I'm thinking about because otherwise I'm going to be disappointing. Uh, is is this what's the uh, what's the like the aesthetic? If I could, if I could. Uh, Airplanes. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, somewhere between World War One and World War Two, like biplane combat kind of kind of things. At least the PC yeah. one was. I'm and trying then, to. Oh no, the game I played is far shittier. <laughs> what am, oh, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Red Baron. Ooh. Oh, yeah, very different. Yeah, like that was like eight bit maybe. Uh, let me see if I can. I'm trying to. The problem if you type in eight bit or yeah, if you put in Red Baron into Google Image Search, there's just pizza. like Snoopy and pizza. <laughs> pizza. Oh, let's see here. So no, I, I actually have not played Crimson Skies, but I. Oh man, Red Baron game. Yeah, it's it's Jordan Weissman, which is awesome. Who's the guy who made Shadowrun and who helmed up uh, Shadowrun Returns? Like, I, there's a iOS port of this as well. Like, I've uh, I believe Ooh. I know some kind of iOS version. I wanted to play this. He talked about it um, at a, one of the packs I went to before I stopped Paxson. He uh, he did like a like shareholders meeting for Shadowrun Returns. That was just in like an empty playroom. He's just like, hey, you know, we didn't get an actual spot in time, but. If you're a Shadowrun Returns backer, come to this thing, and we're gonna show off some some stuff. And uh, it was awesome. Like it was one of the best examples of transparency in, in game making that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Why that remains one of my favorite Kickstarter stories. Like I really like the way that they've handled that. 
And uh, he talked about Crimson Skies a little bit, and I was like, oh, I should check that out, and then promptly forgot about it. Um, <laughs> so, but now this is the second recommendation I've had, and it's by a creator I like. So uh, yeah. I should check it out. The PC one is a little bit more semi uh, than the uh, than the Xbox one. Uh, the Xbox one is the only one that I have any like insight into because that came free with my Xbox Live subscription, and that's great. Like hmm. uh, that, that that is a wonderful um, like multiplayer dogfighting uh, kind of game. Um, it's it got like a weird setting. It's like a dystopian you know cyberpunk future or whatever. Not cyberpunk, steampunk. There we go. Um, but it's it, it controls great. And uh, you know what it reminds me of actually is the is the Rogue Squadron games. Like if those were multiplayer, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. So those are pretty good. Um, while we're on the Red Baron tip, have any of you guys played the Xbox Live Arcade Snoopy and the Red Baron? Wow, no. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very similar in in that it is an arcadey um, uh, dog fighting game. Hmm. And I have been playing um, Luf Lufwafas, the uh, the Vlambeer thing that oh, came yeah. out. There. That that's pretty. That's a good time sink because that that's one of those games you. It's like just all right, one more. All right, one more. All right, one more. Oh God, it's midnight and I have to work. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, yeah, that game looks really cool. It looks like a mix of like it's like Joust, almost just because of the perspective, like controlling mm -hmm. around the plane. But I know it doesn't play like Joust. I wanted to check that game out. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth playing. I'm I'm kind of hitting a wall in terms of my uh, like level of skill, um, unfortunately. So I'm not able to like progress through the arbitrary, you know, like goal systems. Mm. But but um, I mean, like the moment to moment gameplay is a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah I like uh, Nidhogg a lot. That's them as well, right? Or Vlambeer is. Vlambeer no. is ridiculous fishing and nuclear throne. Nuclear uh, Ridiculous Fishing was the one I was, for some reason, I associated with them. I haven't played Nuclear Throne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like Ridiculous Fishing quite a bit. I think so, you would yeah. like Nuclear Throne. It's a, it's an Isaac-alike. <clears throat> I've, I've read that and seen that kind of uh, on the YouTubes and stuff, and I just haven't uh, taken the plunge. Yeah. I'd rather just keep playing Isaac over and over, trying to wrap <laughs> up a thousand hours. <laughs> uh, oh, man. The, um, they also put out uh, Super Crate Box. Which, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that game. That's yeah, that's a that's also good. All right, so you've played that, so all right, we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, is, uh, that is one of the few games with a digital uh, digital control pad on uh, iOS that I can actually stand. Yeah. It's so That's so annoying. Like, I can't think of very many other games that that's okay with. Mm. Yeah. The, loader, uh, the one on Load Runner is actually okay, but that is such like a, a um, methodically paced game. Yeah. It doesn't really get in the way. Why hasn't someone ported uh, The Adventures of Lolo? Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> That's money in the bank right there. Like That game would play really well on that system. Yeah, just uh, like, like do the first one for free and then charge for the uh, for the, for the sequels? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Why yeah. am I coming up with iOS business models on the fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They did that for, uh, for Hitman, Hitman Go and that worked. Yeah, him and go is fun. Yeah. I've, I've kind of stalled in that, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I, get, I get a little frustrated with puzzle games that have... I mean, this is this is just puzzle games in general, but, like, as opposed to something like... You know, there are, like, Tetris-style puzzle games, obviously, and then this kind of puzzle game, where there's just kind of one solution and there's a lot of trial and error in it, and that's kind of how I feel about Hitman Go. Mm -hmm. uh, I, put it, I put a lot of time into it. I like it. 
but it is like, oh, okay, I got to the end and I realized I should have done something different three moves back. I'll just start the whole thing again and do that different thing. You know, yeah. that gets a frustrating, but it looks really good. Yeah, I get into uh, I get into a trap with any kind of like star based um, iOS game, and mm. uh, that anything short of all three stars or whatever, or three stars and the medal or whatever additional thing, like feels unacceptable. Mm. And so I can't just like do a pass through with two stars and then go back and pick up the pick up the uh, the scraps. It has to be. Oh, we lost Murph again. Dang. Um... Yeah, I could I could see that. I am not that way though, because it would drive me crazy. Like my main complaint is having to replay the thing, the level over and over. Yeah. And if I was just trying to do the stars, it would just be doing more and more of that. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Welcome back. Know. Yeah, you know what? I figured out what the problem was. Yeah. I I had the live feed going uh, muted in another window, so that would probably that would probably eat up a, a good bit of bandwidth. You think? That probably would. Yeah. All right, I'm still gonna stay in orb just to, just in case. <laughs> I, I for one like orb Murph. So. Yes. All right. <laughs> orb Murph. He pulses with the rhythm of the universe. Yeah, the rhythm of the saints. Huh. I don't. You don't see too many dog fighting games out there nowadays, do you? Aside, aside from blue browsers. Cottage genre for a while, like Wing Commander and uh, the Rebel. All the Star Wars ones. They're yeah. fun. Next wing. Yeah. There's there is there is no legitimate way to play to play Tie Fighter, and that really upsets me. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I was always more of a Wing Commander guy when it came to those. Like I wasn't a huge fan of those, but I liked the Wing Commander verse more than I liked the Star Wars universe for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. both had Mark Hamill, so you're good. Yeah, as long as it got Mark Hamill, and then the uh, Batman the Animated Series Sky Fighters reunion. Thing. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> Did you have the uh, the Wing Commander Super Nintendo um, game? I didn't have it, but I played it. Okay, yeah, I, that was my only like entrance into the Wing Commander game. It was just like a weird game I picked up, at, like a garage sale or like a, a blockbuster closing. Mm-hmm. And it, I like it, for some reason I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it, and I liked how you you were like the only guy who was like in any way competent with your ship. So it'd be like you got 132 kills this mission. <laughs> Your squad mate got five. <laughs> Losers. It's like a whole squadron of slippies. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What do we have next? Um, Sam Bear asks, since all of the good questions have been asked, do you guys believe that George Goober Lindsay was a good replacement for Jim Neighbors? That sounds like a question for Cole to me. Yeah, yeah I don't know what this is. I, <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is a reference to the to the character Gomer Pyle on uh, the Andy Griffith show after uh, uh, Jim Neighbors left to do his own spinoff, Gomer Pyle USMC. Uh, to this question, I have to answer, Jim Neighbors is irreplaceable, and they brought that hee-haw-ass motherfucker, George Lindsay, in there to like, like further hick it up in like a non-endearing way. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, like that show was 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 diminished after uh, after Gomer left for the core. Cole hates people in the south. <laughs> I, I hate people in the south, and I'm I'm in the south. <laughs> it's the bridges. It's okay to have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show. 
name a, name a show made before 1975, and I probably grew up watching it. <laughs> and this I, has I, long I, been established. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up watching like I Love Lucy and uh, I Dream of Jeannie like on Nick at Night. But I, I cannot abide the uh, the any kind of show that like portrays like rural Southern living as like this some kind of ideal, because mm-hmm. I've you know I've been there and it's shit. <laughs> there <laughs> is any teeth. Uh, yeah, like I mean, it's it's just not anything to be romanticized. It's like, hey guys, do you remember how good it was when I don't know we were being hit with that bat? And, like if someone. <laughs> might- <laughs> Someone, like had a, a romanticized version of being beaten with a like a wooden stick. Like yeah, like sometimes you would get a splinter, and that was like that was getting beat, beat pride. Getting beat pride. Yeah. Like I I have nothing nothing positive to say about the South and Southern culture, with the possible exception of I guess I don't know. Biscuits are kind of really terrible for you. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm trying to go like with the food, and but like all the good food is just like, like either like piled with fat or sugar. So they yeah, sure it, it, it tastes awesome. good. Like yeah, southern food rules. Yeah. Like, in general, like it tastes very good. Well, yeah, like chicken and waffles is like amazing, but like yeah, you're gonna dump a f- piece of fried food on a piece of like essentially cake and then yeah. cover it in syrup. Like of course that tastes good. Indeed. Um, <laughs> yep. I'm not going to argue with that. I um, yeah, it's a sometimes treat. Yeah. But it, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the South is the home of the sometimes treat. <laughs> it's a, it's a sometimes treat all of the time. Yeah. There, there's no there's no staple meal items that came from that culture, but there are lots of like birthday and anniversary foods. Yeah, indulgences. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like I grew up in a like in a, like in a high school environment where there were like a lot of people who like romanticized the uh, the, the 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 southern living, you know, like oh we're gonna take our we're gonna take our trucks out and you know plow them through the mud and we're going to have like Confederate flags and we're gonna listen to country music and like oh boy sweet home Alabama, not realizing a Ohio is a Union state, b <laughs> we're in a very affluent part of Ohio actually like our high you know high school is in like a really high income bracket or whatever like nothing about you or your upbringing is is at all hick like you're trying to like affect right and so mm-hmm. it, it just like i don't know it's this weird kind of reverse poserdom <laughs> are you familiar with the the Roland Cole have we talked about Roland Cole <laughs> what do you mean it is, well not you like it's not like <laughs> about stealing your wallet later. It's about um, hey, remember remember when we hit Cole with that bat. Yeah, Cole was oh, yeah, still here. We're gonna roll Cole. Yeah, C O L A. Um, it is the you can get your truck. You can get these uh, additions to them that make them pour out this noxious black smoke. Oh, I because I listen to like a billion hours of internet radio. Or not inter- just yeah. normal radio. Yeah, I, I am aware of the Roland Cole phenomenon. It's repulsive. It's yeah, like, that's it's like the worst. Or the proud, like you just the idea is you go up next to a Prius, and like you go and you hit this button or what have you, and make a bunch of gross oily smoke come out of your car. And then I went on their Facebook group, and it's all just like Prius, no thanks, <laughs> giant sky part of you know 
pollution. Yeah, fuck everything. Fuck the environment. There's no problem with it. The it's it is it is just trash garbage people for miles. And it has it's like like seven hundred thousand Facebook followers or something like that. It's this oh, weird awful uh, movement. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's that is all. I did. Find, I remembered one thing I like about the South, and it's not really. It's more about Appalachia. Yeah, uh, rolling coal. Like. <laughs> no, uh, bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the like um, especially when you do like a kind of a rock uh, bluegrass fusion. Have you guys heard of uh, Trampled by Turtles? No. Nope. Um, that is a their song. Um, I. Like their one hit uh, is is really worth listening to, and it's it's got all sorts of like uh, like uh, banjo, but also um, a guitar and I, what's uh, violin? Vi- the the, the I, um, fiddle. Fiddle. Ah, thank you. Yeah. See, I am. Mm-hmm. I've often said that I am musically uh, mentally deficient. <laughs> uh, so yes, the the fiddle thingy. But yeah, Traveled by Turtles is um is a really good sort of like uh, bluegrass rock uh, band, and they uh, are I guess indie-ish. Mm-hmm. But that came out of the South, and that is the one thing that it doesn't make it worth it. But like I don't dislike half of all bands. Like it, it, yeah, you know, REM came out of the South, and I my first favorite oh, band. There's lots of good bands that came out of the South. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I mean, bluegrass ostensibly, I guess, came from that culture. I'm guessing, like, you can't yeah, say that like yeah. rock came from the South. Like, uh, right. uh, yeah. Uh, like, or maybe you can. I don't know anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like blue, blue, bluegrass was like down here in Kentucky. Like that was the that was the uh, the, the the reason that's uh, that it's called that. And like okay. like like here in Cincinnati, that's one of the cool things about the like local bar scene or music scene. You know, aside from all the hipsters and indie uh, bands of various quality, um, you know, um, you can go out and see like these legit OG bluegrass bands playing at like bourbon bars and stuff. And that mm. is like a that is like a nice uh, you know like weird form of cultural night out. That's yeah, a good time. Like I couldn't sing you a bluegrass song outside of maybe Blue Moon over Kentucky, or uh... you only know that from King of the Hill. What's that? You only know that from King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right because I've seen that episode so many times. You're right. Yeah, but yeah, it's just, it's more of like a like oh I'm in a I'm in a bar that's playing bluegrass music. That's fun. Yeah, um... I like I I can't really imagine listening to. To, to bluegrass on my iPod. Not I don't judge you for doing it, but it's not my favorite genre of music. But I like it live if I'm like passing a street festival or something like that. Yeah. Here, yeah. wait so long by Trampled by Turtles. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely a, a pro pro click. Uh, yeah, I will I will pro click it when we're not <laughs> like our after the Right, we're not Gary. I need you to. We need to start a shout cast. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get live to cover it so I can use it as the intro for one of these. <laughs> I'm sure if you asked them nicely. Oh, I gave them 20 bucks. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not even fronted by Ed Quisasasasuk anymore. It's just the rest of the dudes plus a dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, let's see here. Uh, Brett Burdell asked a related question. When I was growing up, my dad's nickname amongst his friends was Otis, although his name was Tom. Otis. Years later, I realized it was because Otis was the town drunk on the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's funny when you get those moments where all the pieces come together. Mm. <laughs> oh... I, I have a related story in that a, uh, a one of the better guys or not better I hate to one of our friends in the uh, at the local gaming store uh, his name was Opie which isn't isn't that also a character from one of your black and white TV dramas called that was Ron Howard's character on the Andy Griffith show oh okay that there was, we go that was Andy's son okay but he he was a, a bearded tattoo man. Uh, <laughs> He is currently in a, uh, a death metal band uh, called Cold Side, and I think they're, I think they just finished touring through Europe, where I guess metal is super huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, just uh, don't judge a man by his name, I guess. I can it's see right. Opie being a pretty metal name, actually. Because of Opath. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a death metal band, which is an awesome idea. Like if a bunch of deaf dudes got around and made death metal, which was just some crazy, that's like one of the musics you can most feel, and mm. they just play it based on feeling it, mm-hmm. like without hearing it. That's an awesome right. idea, and it makes you want to round up like four deaf dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just, just go down to a town square and shout out, "Hey, are there any deaf people here?" <laughs> just like I'll be the Brian Epstein to the the death metal band. Oh God! <laughs> you guys are gonna be stars. What? <laughs> Stars. What? <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm with them or something. Yeah. I, I now remember where I've seen rolling coal at. Like, I've, like I've seen videos of people doing that. To people riding bikes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems like a good way to just really choke it up and smell like shit all day. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, hmm. oh. Gosh, I'm so angry. Let's start a Facebook group. <laughs> or an Elo group. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well Electric Light Orchestra? Yeah. 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 I would like to <laughs> start an Elo group in that case. This <laughs> guy and the the cre the uh god damn it. I lost it. <laughs> the, <laughs> evil women. There you go. Mr. Blue yeah. Sky and the Evil Women. No. <laughs> what, what, what is Elo? I don't understand. It is Gary, the fake, probably, no, yeah, I, I don't like it. It's a fake startup-y Facebook that's fooling a bunch of optimists who think that uh, a social network can remain unmonetized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. that was, that, yeah because that, that worked really well with App.net. Yeah, <clears> it'll, it'll just keep working because, uh, yeah, because, you know, people will turn down truckloads of money. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. principles. Because that's been proven true over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the the uh, yeah it is it is the and it's invite only which is kind of douchey. And it's like uh, yes I would like to have a, a Facebook that isn't full of ads and won't sell my information. But the reason why Facebook is full of ads and sells my information is so there can be a Facebook. It is you know there can't be such a thing. Like yeah. what is the pro- what is, how will they make money? It's not a thing. So. The uh, I've been reading the what is it startups or uh, yeah like startups dot docx or whatever thread and GBS on something awful and uh, but that's where I've been finding out about most of these because I work with a lot of startups like in my actual like the course of my day job um, but boy oh boy 
like to actually see inside those places is really rough. That would be a real good way for me to like get drunk on Rage of Hall every day. <laughs> every fucking oh, day. Yeah. That stuff makes me so mad. Have you seen the guys in startup t-shirts Tumblr? Yep. That's really <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Fucking fingerses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> their big fake glasses. Yeah, and their smack.net like yep. scrub guy. The guy in the Venmo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, like, oh, like I wearing free shirts. <laughs> like that's like I have the this kind of the skill set to that you know most internet startups are looking for, but that is exactly not the thing that I want to work for. Like it's it's really like the problem is unless like I can if you're passionate about it, sure, but like. I'm not going to be passionate about your, I don't, your new social network that's not monetized. Like I, I don't want to put in like 40 free hours of work a week on like the, you know, on the prayer that maybe we might get hit big, hit it big, and get bought out by Google before we're actually a threat. Like, no matter how many pinball tables you have in the the break room. Right, and like here's and like it's really cool. You have this neat work environment, and I'm I'm I might be bashing you, Cole, because you work at one of those crazy places. But <laughs> like I I kind of want to get my shit done and go home because I you know I have my own virtual pinball table, or also my dogs and this cat that doesn't love me, <laughs> yeah. and, and my wife, and like I you know like I'm sure these these work people are fine, but they're not going. Oh, we lost the orb. It's oh, the orb is gone. Orb! <laughs> Come back, orb. orb. Oh. Have we displeased you? We have displeased the orb. <laughs> Please. Yeah. We've I didn't dead. know this call, too. Um, so we were doing this live stream early, and sorry if that inconveniences anyone who's listening or watching, uh, because I had concert tickets, but that band, my favorite band, broke up. Yeah, it got up by voices, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't have that concert ticket because they broke up. Well, that's that sucks. Yeah, it sucks. So do you get refunded in that case? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Or, or I could go see Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks, which were the original opener, which was like a nice bonus, but mm. I don't want to spend, you know, $60 total to go see for two tickets to Stephen Malkmus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a super, I've seen him before, so it's not super tragic, but it is a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. you start going on a tear, and then they kick you out. Cause no, they, right? Like right when you're in the middle of it. I know. I, I was I was really passionate about, you know, I I, I was actually going to start a revolution, and the Google <laughs> shut me down. Yeah, they heard us talking bad about startup. Yeah, just like they did with Dogpile. Crawler. Alta Vista. Roughly, roughly, baby. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly where you left off was, it'd be cool to have a pinball table, but this cat doesn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm just saying that the a startup can't be better than the people that I choose to hang out with. Like, You're saying that for, like, uh, you want to keep work like work demarcated. Right. Um, yeah, that's a, like, um, yeah, that, a lot like, of kind of funzo culture and stuff, and, and it kind of goes in hand in hand. Like, I'm not against that funzo culture. I'm just saying that, like, I understand your point, where, like, that kind of culture and then also gamification and stuff, it has this philosophy of, like, make your work super fun, you know, which is a little distasteful. Yeah, and I'm okay with, like, you know, work should be, like, work should not be unpleasant. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm also not willing to put, like, five extra hours a day in just to make that, just so I have a pinball table. Yeah. 
Yeah, like but, oh, they're, they're, they're like it, it's the it's the understanding if there's beer in the fridge, you're there on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like I I work on very much the theory that my my time is a rapidly uh, appreciating asset, and like the more like the lo- later in the day is it's worth more essentially because that's you know that's me time. Yeah. So yeah. About five, it gets real expensive to keep her around. We're spending seventy dollars per hour for this. So, oh, you, you don't know. I, as a member of the military-industrial complex, you can't afford my rate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, but like my, my place of work has gotten a lot better than that. At a, you know, at a, at a, at a better than it was, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, than a pif- you know, at a, at a pifio where I where I work. Um, like we project this kind of like weird, quirky, you know, whatever. But in reality, it's kind of just an open office plan. Then you know, we have a kegerator and a pool table, um, and the ability to come and go as we please. Ah, like, see, you're part of the problem, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should join the corporate drones like me. <laughs> but, you know, and and it's funny because I see because I see uh, um, you know people say oh about these startups like oh they're trying to institutionalize like hey everybody here's your buddy and like everybody's your pal et cetera et cetera like trying to make work their social life and like I I, I chafe at that initially because. Like what happens is like I actually really like the people that I work with, and it's dangerous because that's how I can look to the outside world like that is what's happening when it's actually kind of not. Like it can ha- both can happen. Like yep. it can be that like there probably are companies that do try to court that, and that's kind of gross. It doesn't necessarily mean that your company is or that you are susceptible to it. Yeah, and like my current like like the group of friends we hang out with on weekends also works at our company. However, I don't work with them day to day. Like the people I work with like day to day are like my dad's age. Like I'm not gonna hang out with them. <laughs> well and I don't think anyone is saying that you shouldn't have make your coworkers your friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's making that point. I think that like uh it is more about um marketing your company at that as a selling point mm. and is specifically what Murph is saying in exchange for Dedication that is unwarranted. Yeah, yeah. Or like making money off of it, like making yeah. money off of this culture that you're, and that's what, like everything. Once you start to make money off it, it gets gross. Yes. Right. And like, like a fine hemp necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm particularly sensitive to this at because, like, you know, ideally I'd love to work in sort of a like a games industry, but like I also know that like that industry is incredibly exploitative to people like me. So yeah. like I'm just and it's it's not like I'll either be coding or I'll be coding, and also I I could, you know, one of those places I'll be paid for all the hours I work, and one of them I won't be, and yeah. so. That's uh. <laughs> a fine attitude. Like I I like that idea too, but the games industry like sounds like a nightmare to work. Like I've thought about that many times. Like oh that'd be a cool, cool thing to work because it is something I like. It's a hobby I really love, but it's not a. It's just it is a fucked up kind of broken. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, like there's no real. I really don't have much insight into this, but I don't see there's much like impetus to change because the current model seems to be, hey, you're you know starry-eyed and out of college. Let me essentially burn you out 
uh, and then you can go work where I work. <laughs> yeah, like, and you know, it's 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 bad because part of the source of the problem is there are so many people who are willing to make that trade. Right. Um, and it seems like you know games the the games industry would you know benefit from some level of like regular you know, regulation or unionization or more people who are pragmatic like you you know who are willing right. to because they can treat people like shit and burn through them because they know there are scores behind you who are willing to make that sacrifice for a little bit and they're losing probably really good people because of you know the Faustian bargain they're trying to force them to make. And, like, I'll admit, like, when I first, like, freshman year Murph in, like, 2001 was like, I'm going to make games. But, <laughs> you know, like, rapidly I, you know, thankfully I, you know, have, like, a level of cynicism, which probably isn't healthy, like, on a normal everyday-to-day kind of thing. But, man, oh, man, I'm, I'm super cynical now, guys. This is not cool. <laughs> and, it, and just, again, uh, to say, like, it's not, I don't disparage anyone who wants to make games or who does, I think it's possible to get into that kind of field and do fine. Right. Like, people who do it and just it's just fine. But as like it's really problematic as an industry. So depending on what you're looking at, and also depending on your specific values too. You know, like uh, some of those people who do get burnt out and exploited, there's no excuse for that. However, the reason they're making the choice is not a thing that is necessarily true of you, which is also fine, if that makes sense. Like they're making it because they right. Like, this idea, like, they want to, to get involved in that thing, you know? And that's what they're being... But that's still a valid thing just because someone exploits it. It doesn't mean that it's not... Right, and I, I completely understand the drive to, like, hey, let's let's do something artistically uh, significant. Like, the thing that I'm currently working on, I'm not... does not fulfill me artistically, and that's why I'm in podcast and game, sort of, like, hobbyist game development and just terrible drawings that I don't share with anyone... <laughs> but you know that's that's how that, that's my outlet that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that separation is people have different degrees of it, like that they can they can handle, mm-hmm. right? Like I've I've come to realize that I can I can am very unhappy with a really strict demarcated line. Hard for me to do. I think I realize it makes me sound like a baby to some people, but like <laughs> it's very hard for me to go do something I hate for forty hours and then just relegate things I love to the margins, like. I mean, I, I can't be happy doing that. I know I'm not saying you hate your job. I'm saying no, that no, no, no. I would actually, not, like. I, I kind of actually admire people who who cannot like who don't like. I have a very high tolerance for like like these are the eight hours that I'm working, and here's the you know here's where I'm free, and like I have a super high tolerance for that. But like I kind of I am kind of envious of the people who don't have that because then they they kind of have are forced to or have the courage to kind of find a, a better compromise, if you will. And I, I'm just kind of like, I'm fine with like, oh, well, this job has the most amount of money, so hell yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. Like, come back to me in, in five years when I'm, you know, yeah, uh, sleeping on your couch because you're literally the last <laughs> person who hasn't turned me out, and then we'll see if that... Uh, <laughs> because the, uh, it is scary and dumb, but it is also like, I just can't, be unhappy for 40 hours a week. Like, I just, too much. Yeah. Cole, Cole, do we have another question? Because I have a, I, I have another thing that I really want to talk about that's not depressing. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, let me look here. I probably should have had one, had one right. Uh, let's see. Uh, that one's depressing. 
Um, that one's also depressing. Oh, how about um? So so, but just before this podcast, uh, I bought Hyrule Warriors. Okay. And so like guys, this is this is a pro buy if you like uh, Dynasty Warriors, and here's why. What's the 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 crappiest part of D- Dynasty Warriors co-op? I, I haven't played know. Dynasty Warriors co-op in years. Like I. I haven't played a Dynasty Warriors game. Oh, wow, okay. Well, the, the crappiest part is that you actually have to, like... Well, this is really any, like, couch co-op game, is that you have to split the screen, right? Mm. And so, yeah. like, you, your resolution gets all crazy. Well, because it's on Wii U, one person plays on the little tablet thing they have, and one person has the whole screen to themselves. And it's <laughs> amazing. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's a Dynasty Warriors-ass Dynasty Warriors game. Like, there's no denying that. I really liked Dynasty Warriors when I played it, and that is a game that I am vaguely interested in when eventually I get a Wii U, which mm-hmm. was sooner than later, but I took another look at, you know, had a chat with my accountant, and it's probably... <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, like, I would like to play that game. That looks fun to me. And yeah. I, love, I love anything that fucks with the Zelda formula, because fuck the Zelda formula at this point. Like, <laughs> it, is, it was cool, but you mm-hmm. can't... So. So, so, like, it's, it's still... It is also a Zelda game, because, like, minor spoilers, like... Uh, Dynasty <laughs> Hyrule Warrior spoilers coming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hot off the presses. Uh, the first like, there's actual like bosses. So like, uh, in the first mission, like you're you're Link and you're running around, you're fighting a bunch of I don't Octo Rock thingies, whatever, whatever the nonsense word. And then the um a big old like Dodongo uh, dragon thing pops up, and it's like ten times larger than you. And you you have to like throw the bombs into its mouth in order to have any chance to defeat it. So yeah. it, it so it takes that kind of Dynasty Warriors like formula, but it also adds sort of like that the Zelda puzzle boss hmm. and kind of graphs it together, which I I think is like the most successful part of Zelda games. That's not yeah that sounds really cool. So yeah, I mean this is me playing it for an hour, so <laughs> it could completely take a dump and you know an hour too. I said they introduced the dialogue tree system. Yeah. <laughs> I I hear the I hear that the story in it's pretty crazy. Like okay. like what like what's actually happening in it. Mm, um the story seems like fairly unimportant at this point, but again, you know, only an hour in. Like, it's like, hey, do you remember this thing from that Zelda game you played? Here he is. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you know, I could be wrong. <clears throat> Let's see here. Yeah. You can ask uh, the, depressing questions. We just won't go on a depressing rant about them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. uh, well, let's do, let's do a, a follow-up one. Uh, hey Gary, uh, one last quick question. This is Brett again asking this. One last quick question. Just went back and watched your answer to my music question. Which sequencer did you use for the WAF theme? Just curious. And he yeah. has a side note. He's still trying to find a fix for Mario Paint Composer for Mac. Still no luck. Well, hold on. How is that depressing? <laughs> this is a non-depressing one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the synthesizer is the same synthesizer from uh, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen, where it's just an organ attached to slaves. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fix for Mario Paint Composer for um, other operating systems is just like an emulator thing. Like I use on my Linux laptop, I use um, the uh, Wine like emulator thing. I just I don't know if that, there's a similar thing available. Mm-hmm. Like is there like a one-click kind of like plugin thing on the Mac? Yeah. Wine works on Mac. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
Let me yeah. go grab that synthesizer. Murph, say a thing or ask a question that I don't have a thing to do with, because I have to look at the name of it. All right. Um, Cole. Yes. I think we need to clear the air. I think okay. I've, I've been noticing you've been mentioning it on those damn Ross kids. Uh, rice. <laughs> rice. You know I understand that there's more than but, one kind of rice. Yeah, I, I, I actually I really appreciate it. You uh, uh, keeping the joke alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was like 75 episodes. <laughs> right, nine, right, right. But I, you mentioned it like a couple episodes ago. I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because rice came up because I talked uh, about that, that that myth that uh that uh, that rice is just potato seeds. Oh right, right, okay, yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but no, that that gave me a uh, a slight um. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, oh, that okay. That that also brought on another memory of um. Okay. So, I um back back in the old days when um. Abject suffering was uh, premium content. Yes. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I, I was hungover. I was, uh, yeah, just kind of taking the dogs out for a walk uh, one Saturday morning, and uh, the Shaq Fu episode came on, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, I wonder what idiot, you know, sort of suggested Shaq Fu, and it turns out it was me, and I didn't remember it. <laughs> So apparently I had submitted Shaq Fu in sort of this drunken haze, <laughs> and then when I like I heard the oh yeah who submitted this oh Murph fuck you Murph. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a different you. Yeah, it, it was. It was like a, a kind of like a weird present from myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of our most beloved episodes. Yeah, I know exactly. I feel and then I'm like man, I I kind of started this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's. And that's how I uh, save the president. <laughs> yep, president suffering. <laughs> this is the this is the guy. Just real quick, the Yamaha RM1X sequence remixer. This is what the WAF theme came out of. So, mm. yeah, it looks it looks technological and musicy. It is it is both those things. It is it's essentially like all I want in a sequencer, which is just like. Has a bunch of goofy onboard sounds and has a you know a huge polyphony and a large number of tracks. Mm. Like uh, yeah, so cool. it's old. I bought it from a guitar center. Nice a guy who wished he was in a successful band probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's all a guitar center is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian Skersha asks, uh, any podcast recommendations, video game or non, that are a little oh. off the beaten path, a.k.a. don't show up in the top 100 list regularly? I can I can definitely... I have some definite recommendations. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm going to pull up my... Well, someone else wants <laughs> to say something while I pull up my list. Hurry, guys, I got something to say. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um... I wish to... Uh, I'm oh, sorry. It's okay. I was going to say, I wish, Geodude, yeah. <laughs> I wish Geodude Lawton was here because he, god damn, that guy. That guy. <laughs> Geodude of podcasts? Of podcasts? Yeah. Oh, he's apparently talked to Mike Burbigula. Burbigula. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, he's, I've had him on um, on Dork Night once, and he is, a, he is fascinating. <laughs> uh, Good dude. He's yeah, he's a good dude. On top of that, yeah. Let's let's all say one. Let's all give her give oh. one 
one one podcast recommendation that is off the beaten path. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go if nobody else has one ready. Um, I like a, the probably the most obscure thing I that I haven't mentioned a thousand times on the show is um, NPC Cast, um, which mm. is a top role playing game podcast that's done by some goons that I really like. Like there's there's some goony ass goons, um, but they are relatively you know they seem they're pretty informed they're pretty funny, and it is uh, I learn a lot about games that I wouldn't have heard about and like I like tabletop gaming but I don't do that much of it. I don't have time to play more than like one or two games at a time with my group, so I get to hear about new games and stuff that are coming down the pike and and the like. So yeah, NPC cast correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's also a recommendation. I think I might have recommended it to you in the thread. Yeah, I think I, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's become a, a weekly listen for me. Nice. Um, Murph, do you have one? <clears throat> I, I have two, so I, I want you... No, you're not going to know. Um, so the giant bomb cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's these four guys. One of them's kind of a human disaster. Um, oh my god. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Jesus. I recently, uh, actually, uh, confession time, I only recently started listening to uh, to Bombcast because, you know, I hate popular things. <laughs> and, uh, Jesus, Dan, Jesus, what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, like, barely holding on to it, I guess? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem that way, though. Like, he seems happy, and I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Uh, but... All right, I'm gonna... I, I'm still debating between two because I've got... Because <laughs> they're they're both good, but and they they're both deserving. So Cole, go one in case you somehow pick it. Okay. Um, I I have one that's like no longer running that people might actually like, but um, I will go with one that I I don't know how popular it is because I have like you I'm like you I don't tend to like popular things. Um, Roderick on the line. Uh, it's, is uh is I think my consistently my I will jump to this if a new one is out. Mm-hmm. You know. Because I like both the guys involved, and uh, it is it is uh, exactly the kind of comedy podcast that I want, um, which nice. is you know interesting conversations as opposed to um, anything that's like o- overtly uh, contrived, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. John Roderick is a fascinating guy. I haven't checked their rankings, so I don't know if it's in the top 100. But if you're if you listen to us because of because of video game stuff, that is a video game thing that I can give a wholehearted recommendation to. I think the one I've I've landed on is um, it's like it's like it's Sophie's Choice. Uh, from time to time, you the Sophie's Choice cast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, from time to time, it's a uh, it's a podcast about it's sort of a radio drama. It's sort of Night Vale esque, though it definitely has not caught on quite as much. There's only five episodes so far, and it's doing a sort of a two episode release cycle. Uh, and it's about a, a scientist um, several hundred years in the future kind of sending back a transmission, uh, sort of a, a weekly uh, like news and review kind of thing. It's, it's, it's very similar to Welcome to Night Vale. Um, so if you, if you like Welcome to Night Vale, uh, you'll definitely like uh, From Time to Time. Cool. Yeah. And fun busting! Ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we're going to sneak one in, uh, listen to Advice Hot Dog. If you like uh, the video games Hot Dog, it no longer runs. It's defunct, but um, it is classic um, kind of like advice comedy stuff. 
Yeah. I'm cool. gonna stick with the original rules. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna take the moral high ground on this one, guys. <laughs> We're out. We outnumber you, so yeah. I'm gonna go for populism. Oh, Ninjas gosh. versus podcast. Go. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Ninjas. <laughs> should those, you should listen to them because those are uh, those are nice guys. Yeah. yeah um, a good show too. Like I, I like that show a lot too. There's too many shows. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So there's this real indie show, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, God, if I could just get in some of that sweet Justin McElmore. Uh, <laughs> Justin McElmore. Macklemore. Mac- Mac- <laughs> 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 I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm, yeah. Mm. Right. I'm just going to stop at this point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I I've recently run into a situation where I'm running out of podcasts to listen to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like I was I was real real behind and then I got caught up and I find myself facing the empty like new episodes queue and it's mm. a little it's a little upsetting. So if I keep you, adding those on. What about uh another Gooncast is the Alcoholywood? Really yeah. good. They're they're good guys. Um yeah. yeah, that's all the that's all the, the non like those are the, the main indie people that I listen to. Yeah, that and Enter the Critic, but that's part of the the Ninjas versus Podcast Network, I guess. Yeah, the Eric Terribio Network. Yes, <laughs> which apparently Eric Terribio had a podcast that lasted one episode. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Oh well, that's like how it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is somewhat related to that, so why don't we uh, jump right over to it? Uh, Brian Skersha asks, the way people judge video games has seemed to evolve uh, from a product review to being akin to art-slash-movie criticism. Do reviews have a place in helping you make decisions around experiencing a game? Do you have any favorite critics-slash-reviewers? That's a good question. That's a mm. good Good-ass question. Yeah, you, you are correct. There, that is, a that is I think, one of the issues that's at the heart of this Gamergate nonsense is mm-hmm. the tension between reviewing games as art and reviewing them as a product because one can be objective and one can't. And in my mind, I am 100% on the objectivism, you know, objective reviews, objectivism is overrated. Um, not objectivism, the philosophy, which is overrated. But also, <laughs> yeah, you know, being objective in a review is impossible and overrated and boring. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, because I don't need to know what, like, how good a graphic something has and what its list of features are. I want to know about the thing and what's important about it, and specifically what's important about it to a specific person, because you can tell a lot about a game from that, um, which I think we need if we're going to have this medium be an art form, which is what I want and what it is and what the way I want to see it go. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I'm really not interested in like a a product review, like a car and driver style review of a game. Um, that is boring. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm going to just echo on top of that because that's my exact... Like, I love Rock, Paper, Shotgun for the exact reason that they they just do not... They, I mean, they literally put out a uh, an article saying that they do not give... That's not that they don't give a shit about objectivity, but mm-hmm. it's they, they that's not something they strive for. So Rock, Paper, Shotgun as a whole is a favorite of mine, um, especially because they do stuff that's off the beaten path. Um they have a. Have you been seeing their freeware garden, uh, kind of daily article? Yep. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's fantastic. Like, I I want a like. Hey, tell me about you know just somebody who's not going to get any like mainstream press because there's a lot of just like super great hidden gems, 
of mm-hmm. people, and I'm, I'll, I'll 100% admit it, I'm a fucking pretentious ass indie gamer. Like, that's, that's <laughs> who I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, like, the Kotaku review of Shadows of Mordor, like, convinced me today to pre-order that game, because that game sounds goddamn amazing. Yeah. If, if you, yeah, whew. Like if you don't want to spend money, don't read that re- don't don't read that review. <laughs> the joystick review was very was really glowing as well. I, I think it's pretty much I'm I'm actually not to get us far afield on this, but <laughs> I am super surprised that is reviewing as well it is as it is. Mm-hmm. And like the the whole nemesis system is like everything I ever wanted in a kind of open world game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious about it. I have to be very careful what I buy because I know I'm not going to play it till four years later. Um, <laughs> that's more my issue. Like I'm so deep in games. Like I haven't even played Wasteland Two yet, and that's made for me because I'm playing Divinity, which is made for me. Like <laughs> I, I, Rebirth comes out, which is made for me. Like I can cater too too hard to actually play games. <laughs> oh man, if only there was a way to find more games that you know. Were. Exactly. If only I could get a curated list to add to my collection of things I don't have time to do. <laughs> yeah, <Well>. right. <laughs> I just bought uh, Neverending Nightmares today, and I'm I have too Ooh. much to do this weekend to actually like dive into it. What's so that one? They changed the because um, I played that at PAX, and I sent the the developer actually some feedback because I had a very strong feeling about something. Mm-hmm. Um, the way blood looks in that game is super shitty and flash animation looking. Mm-hmm. Like, Blood is like super big, like one non-textured thing, and I and uh, I said, and it like really interfered with my experience. I'm like, this is so visually striking, and then when blood shows up, it just looks like a Newgrounds thing from like five years ago. So I sent him a thing, like, hey, just a you know, a little bit of feedback. Like, I really like your game. I think it's really cool. And then I haven't, you know, checked in on it since then. Yeah. Which one is this called? Uh, This is the um, the game that was made by the dude who did Retrograde. It's the Edward um, Gorey side scroller. Oh, that yeah, I'm okay, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of based on his his real life struggles with depression um and obsession. Um mm. yeah, it's like the adventure horror game kind of thing. Um really interested in that. Um haven't seen any reviews or anything, but Gary, your recommendation was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get this sight unseen. Um yeah. Yeah. you know, with minimal investigation. I'm super interested, but it's also like um What's the uh, what's that guy's game? Um, Sundown with the about suicide. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, what is that? Actual, Actual sunlight? sunlight. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, I. God. Like I need to. I I've been putting off playing that game, even though I know I'm gonna just fucking love it. But mm-hmm. like I need to be in a like a I need to be in the correct state of mind. Like I need to have had a super good day, but not so good that I want it ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there like that like like yeah like I I I actually luckily I hit it's sort of the mood that I had to be in when I played Gone Home, which yeah. I'm like just I it, thankfully just hit like just right as it came out. Mm-hmm. But like who like uh, I'm. Dreading slash anticipating playing that. <laughs> yeah, and that's that. That's what made Gone Home such a delight was how uplifting it ended up being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you <sighs> family so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It resists any easy answers or any cynicism, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's a beautiful. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it at length. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite games. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll I'll echo your guys' sentiments. I mean, I think that you know we're 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 here because. 
you know, we we agree with each other on that kind of thing. You know, I, I think that the the review should be more about the experience than about the nuts and bolts. Um, do you guys have any like person that like whose reviews you like seek out? Um, or I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I really like, and I've said it before, but I really like uh, Aaron Signal on YouTube, um, aka Campster, who is a is a goon, I think, but he's not very active on there anymore. But he does kind of like long form critiques that I don't always agree with, but he um, he's he's thoughtful about these things in the way that I want people to be thoughtful of them, and is a real champion for like looking at these things as more than just like, hey, it's polished and is fun, like therefore is good game. We don't need anything else from it. You know, um, and he gave me the phrase which I love is that like if movies say, you know, don't uh, don't tell show, then games need to be uh, don't show do. Right. Um, which I think is 100% true and is a, a huge thorn in my side in video games. You know. Yeah. In general. So I, I like that guy a lot. And then Bob, like Bob Mackey writes good reviews. Yeah. Like not to be nepotistic or anything. And full disclosure, we know Bob and we're friends with him, but <laughs> I like his reviews a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is probably controversial, but I really like Ben Kuchera. Yeah, that um, is controversial. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. isn't that is controversial? Yeah, yeah I, I, I really like much, but like yeah. Hmm. I, I I don't hate him or anything. I just it is a. I no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I know he's he's a he's a polarizing figure, and I don't again I don't always agree, but he's at least thought provoking, which. Fuck yeah! I mean, I, I don't. I enjoy at least being challenged and on some level, just when I'm reading something. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy being challenged. <laughs> God, God, I sound like such a fucking. You sound asshole. interesting. You sound really intellectual. Can you tell <laughs> yeah. me more about that? Yeah. <laughs> God. I, I said that and immediately regretted it. <laughs> and also, um, I don't know how to say your last name, but Danielle, um, Idle Thumbs. Rienda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and also just because of the the types of games, like she's not she'll the types of games she tends to review tend to align with what I want to see, which are the sort of the new and exciting uh, sort of like edge of the games. Like, did you guys play? Um, I think Curtain. No. Mm-hmm. That is that's a that's another almost uh, uh, not almost sunshine. I'm, I'm confusing with almost sometimes. <laughs> Actual, um, actual sunshine and almost sometimes monsters. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Curtain is a that's a that's a, a obscenely powerful game, and it's a bit on the nose. But like, whew, uh, I would definitely. It's free. I mean, they it's there's a suggested you know pay of um, I think like a dollar, but like that's completely worth it. Uh, but she also she's the one who turned me on to that, and like I'm. Going back to podcasts, I'm super glad she joined uh, Idle Thumbs because yeah. just a f- fucking treasure. Yeah, uh, d- d- definitely agreed. It's a cyberpunk it's, cop killer. <laughs> it's it's some nice it's some nice variety. Um, yeah. on there. and uh, yeah, uh, I like I like that. Oh, but like Polygon, like if you're if you're looking for you know like kind of the mainstream review, like it's not gonna be like a deep dive like Aaron Signal or whatever. Like you can you can do a lot worse than Polygon's like strict strictly review kind of stuff. Like I think that the McElroys are really good at their job mm. um, in terms of writing um, you know, re- like concise reviews about, you know, things that might be a little bit bigger. Um, Phil Caller 
um, who we've had on Bonfire Side Chat in the past. He did the review for uh, um, uh, Dark Souls 2, but he also reviews kind of off-the-beaten-path um, adventure and horror games. Um, I think he does a very good job. And so I will pretty much always look for their bylines on stuff um, because because I know it's going to kind of, you know, expose me to stuff that uh, um, you know, I'm going to want to see. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What about you, Cole? What's your what's your favorite? We, oh. Did you did we have a breakup? Cole Cole mentioned his favorites. Oh, did he? Oh, oh, oh right. yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you're just you're just too subtle for me, Cole. Sorry, yeah, ask <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, the, the bottle of rum's halfway done, and subtlety <laughs> is out the window. Yeah, I said the McElroys and Phil Collar was okay. uh, were my uh, were, were my See, you slipped it in like a. I got I got I did like a metaphor in the night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I like this move towards uh, you know personality personality based you know review kind of things. I think mm-hmm. that podcasts have had a huge a huge hand in that. Like kind of you know kind of across the industry. And I'm a little bit sad. Like I'm a little bit sad that the the Macroys don't have a video game podcast anymore. For mm-hmm. as weird and as kind of bad like fucked inward <sighs> as the besties became. Um, yeah, yeah. You you could kind of like I I like uh, Chris Plant and Russ Frustrick. I Fus- mm-hmm. God, all right. Frustrick. Yeah. Frust- oh. oh my God, Russ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, towards the end, you could definitely tell the besties were just dying of some kind of cancer. Yeah. They were besties. Yeah. Do we have another question? Yes, we do. Oh, um, um, before we move off of that, I. Another YouTube guy that I really really like, and it's probably just because of his English accent, is um, oh, I don't I don't know what his name is, but he the the series is Leo takes a look. Hmm. Uh, and I've never heard of that, but I'll take a look because I like I watch a lot of YouTube. It's 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 not um, it's not a lot of like the view reviews aren't super in depth, but they're just kind of like quirky, funny. Like he did the the dolphin cheating sim that came out a while ago, and he reviews a lot of like. Sim train and like sim bus games, but he has like this like healthy level of uh, of humor while doing so. If that, so yeah, Leo takes a look. Uh, I think he's off of Kotaku actually. Cool. Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, looking here. Uh, so Jala asks, Cole, how was Oktoberfest? Gary and Murph, have you attended slash will you be attending an Oktoberfest event? What is your favorite beer? <laughs> I am from the Oktoberfest Corporation. <laughs> Oktoberfest and Oktoberfest accessories. Let, let me, I, I just want to say that I, um, I'm friends with Jala on Facebook, and she puts out some just amazing stuff, and I'm constantly jealous of <laughs> just the amount and... Just a weird. I hate to say weird because weird is such a dumb adjective. As you know, dumb is dumb. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Go. Ahead. Someone take the whatever. <laughs> someone take the wheel from me. <laughs> no, you're right. She 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 puts out a tremendous amount of work, and it's and it's almost always you know kind of fun to look at and interesting in a mm. you know in a kind of provocative way. Yep. Yeah. Um, favorite beers. Murph, go. Oh, uh, red hook. Because I'm going to go have dinner in a half hour. Okay, uh, Red Hook ESB, best beer. <laughs> uh, let's say um, Palo Santa Marone from uh, uh, Dogfish Head. Yep, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't I actually have a favorite beer. I like. Um, I, I don't drink as much beer because I'm 
since I became di- became diabetic. Um, I like stouts and porters. Like the darker and thicker, the better, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. So I'll usually try to find something on tap that is of mm. that ilk. I I'm I'm a of a similar taste. Have you tried a bitter? Um yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a beer bar in Portland. It's the same place we there was the Retronauts meetup last year. Oh, yeah. uh, it does a lot of that had a, a bitter on, on, and that was very good. Yeah. Oktoberfest was fun. It is the one time a year where I can put aside my fear of crowds. <laughs> I guess that in PRG, but um yeah, uh you know take a bus down, get a taxi home. Forget everything in between. Yeah. Mm. I live in a city with shitty public transportation, so going out and drinking in public is just a fucking ordeal. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's why I take a taxi back, because the buses stop running at, like, 6 p.m. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Brent Simpson asks, uh, "Not sure if you've covered this one, but how do you juggle? How do you juggle your time to podcast, play games, and manage your daily life?" We don't. Nope. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. One of those things always suffers. Yeah, we fail. Mm. Pick two, and that's how every situation is. There's three things you pick two. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yep. I wrote a blog entry about this uh, a, a couple weeks ago because I was definitely feeling the crunch, and I'm currently feeling the crunch again. Like <laughs> I, I, I currently, uh, like I feel really super bad because I'm, I'm falling behind on listening to podcasts and commenting on podcasts. So like I really wanted to comment on the Little Nemo, and I just didn't because I've been working on some sort of career-based stuff, and it, it, something had to give, and unfortunately, it was commenting on Watch Out for Fireballs. <laughs> Among other things, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yep, yep. It's always it's always a sacrifice, and it always it always stings to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brandon Douglas asks, "You guys uh, talk and talk about and reference The Simpsons a lot. Uh, do you have any opinions on Futurama?" Hey, Brandon. Uh, hey. Just saying hi, to Brandon. We'll see hi. you. At Portland Retro Gaming Expo and the meetup and stuff. Yes, we will. Yeah. I love Futurama. I do too. It was pretty, you know, it was kind of inconsistent when it came back, but there were some really strong episodes uh, on the Comedy Central run. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. I like Futurama, but I like it significantly less than The Simpsons, probably because of an age thing. Like, it came out a little bit later. Like, The Simpsons is like a religion to me, and then Futurama is like a funny show. Yeah. Um, you know, The Simpsons was very influential to my sense of humor in a way that Futurama probably wasn't. Um, but I still think it's a really good show. I yeah, I, my my parents did not allow me to watch The Simpsons uh, because you know Devil blah 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 <laughs> South. So Futurama is a slightly more influential in terms of even if it came later than mm. The Simpsons. Though here's a controversial opinion: I think King of the Hill is a terrible show. Whoa! Yeah, that's tough. I think, terrible. I think Cole was drinking at the time. <laughs> and the reason, like the first season, perfectly fine. Um, but after after nine eleven, essentially, I think the show takes a huge shit. Um, it's weird that they just keep referencing nine eleven. And there's that episode where like Hank Hill just stares at the camera and explains why nine eleven didn't happen. The the and in summary, if I if you will indulge me, uh, it it used to start out that Hank Hill was the other. Uh, but then in later season, Hanks Hill became the safe and thing you're supposed to relate to, and later it was always like hippies or foreigners or someone else became the other, and I just got 
super uncomfortable. I see. I would be more uncomfortable with the former, like having a like having him as you know just kind of be this southern person to be a figure of fun feels exploitive. And like what the thing I like about King of the Hill is that like the other, as you describe it in the shows, is never like just purely a figure of fun. Like there's usually kind of a depth to it without going into South Park. Perhaps the truth is in the middleism. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't do that shit. I think that's a terrible show. Um, but it doesn't do that. Like usually most things are treated pretty gently on mm-hmm. King of the Hill, which I really like about it. I I kind of I don't I guess maybe it's the fact that I I immediately like recoil in horror from anything in in any way praising the southern culture so that that like I have a, a severely averse reaction to holding up Hank Hill as in, as any kind of role model. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can I, mean, I can I can see that as like an instinct thing. Yeah, like 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 the the way they developed him and like with the way how they eventually. Is, kind of slid him sideways into being this oddly repressed kind of character and the way they explored his relationship with his dad and how that's playing out out again with him and Bobby I think that's like the heart of the show in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in a pretty good way um, I totally see what you're saying insofar as there are episodes where you can tell this is Mike Judge uh, hopping up on his libertarian soapbox mm-hmm. Um but that is very much like a writer by writer, or is Mike Judge a showrunner at this particular moment? Kind of right, thing. and yeah. like I guess I I didn't really I didn't like it enough to give it a chance. Yeah. So like also, like I'm, yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say like it does. I think that the show does drop off in quality, but not really until the end, where I started feeling like they were running out of things to say. It, it like it's really just it drops off as soon as Lucky is introduced. Yeah, and and then that is that the, that's when it becomes it go it goes it goes away from hey let's make fun of southern culture, and also kind of like embrace it in this weird way of like oh these are all just humans like that's the thing that's interesting about it like it, that doesn't have to be a cartoon. Yeah, like it's 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 a, it's a you know it's a it's a sitcom and there are wackier situations. I mean, Dale Gribble wouldn't exist as an actual human. <laughs> maybe, maybe he would. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh, that, that 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 is a valid opinion. I deem it so. As long as we can all agree that South Park is garbage. Yeah, man, <laughs> South Park. I I'll, yeah, currently yes, I'll say that it had something valuable to say maybe back when I was a you know in high school. But yeah, that, that's about the level. Were you in high school? Hmm? Like, was it valuable or were you in high school? Yeah, that's that's. Whew, I, I'd have to reevaluate. I think really. Well, it was weird because South Park for 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 a while, like my my entire my entire political like exposure was you know South Park and The Daily Show, and I watched more of one and less of the other as time went on. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's a reasonable position that perhaps middle ground is might be a reasonable thing to consider, but like the middle ground to the exception of you know, taking a stand is kind of just as bad. Not the kind of thing you do for like twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the fact that, that there's that South Park RPG makes it feel makes me feel like I like slept sleep was sleepwalking and wished on a monkey's paw. <laughs> just like oh, making a JRPG, great. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I, I've heard really good things about that game though. Ben really likes it. I have too, but it probably has like South Park humor and stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it most definitely does, which is ugly. 
it's going to look like garbage at the very. Like, I just I don't know. Yeah, I think, and, and and to put it in context, when I was in high school, like a show like South Park just didn't exist. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was revolutionary in what it, it tackled. And then, like, so, I'll, like, just to not even bring us farther afield, like, we, we re, my wife and I, we watched some Drawn Together uh, oh, boy. episodes. Okay. And, like, I had, like, oh, this is this show was kind of funny. And then I'm re-watching it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck have I become? What was, <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? Why is this in my home? Yeah. <laughs> Quick, draw the curtains. Don't let the neighbors see. <laughs> like, that is a fucking reprehensible show. Yeah. That it is. Adam Carolla. <sighs> yeah, reprehensible human being. <laughs> like, I, I like what he did for podcasts, but come on. Like, there's, it's only so far. You, know? <laughs> you mean take a bunch of money and then settle out of court so he doesn't set a precedent <sighs> and actually fight, and actually fight <laughs> the patent trolls? Yeah, that's yeah. good. See, I, I only kind of stayed on, on the surface of that. Yeah. So. Ah, well, fuck. All, all, all of my idols, all of my idols are burning, and by all, I mean, that this kind of this kind of small one I had in the corner and forgot about. <laughs> yep, this dusty little one. Oh man, uh, we we have one here that's not in the widget, but it's on the Patreon page. Um, this is Alan who writes in uh, saying, "I was very interested in the WAF you did on X Men Legends too, particularly your thoughts on comics. I recently finished Lock and Key." and it left me feeling like I did when I finished The Watchmen for the first time. What are you reading at the moment, and could you discuss comics that left an, an indelible impression on you after you read them? Mm. I should pick uh, Lock and Key back up. I read the first two trades of it and liked it, but didn't like it. Was, obviously wasn't compelled to keep reading it. But uh, mm. that's, that's high praise. If it, and especially the fact that it has a complete story is really... You know, because that's, that's the curse of the comics class, is like having these perpetual stories means that most, for the most part they're meaningless. And then, I mean, they're still good. Like, I like specific runs of X-Men, but it's never going to be as good as something like, you know, that has an end. Like, good mm -hmm. art has an end. Um, yeah, yeah, so, um, I, me and Cole both read Saga, like, at least in trades. Saga's yeah, very I, good. Yeah, I, I really need to pick that one up. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. I wish it came out. Um, like, I wish it were, like, it feels like we should be further than the third trade. Like, it doesn't seem like it comes out on mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Um, that's frustrating as far as current stuff. And then as far as impressions, I'll take this opportunity to like give a caveated, caveated uh, recommendation. But um, Alan Moore's Neonomicon is a very incredibly graphic comic that has raping in it that is a weird example of like sexual horror that I think is non-gratuitous to the point of being kind of irreproachable. Like it is not... It, did, it felt gross, but in a way that I was like, oh, I am supposed to feel gross. It is in service of something larger. I trust this author to take me somewhere with it. And that made a, had a huge effect. Like, just, like, putting it down and just feeling, you know, feeling a feeling really mm -hmm. hard. Um, it is a hard read. Like, it is, it is a difficult read to get through because it is so graphic and stuff. But it is a very cool bit of, like, Lovecrafty horror stuff. I'm, I'm going to say one of the... The things that I'm currently reevaluating that had a super huge effect on my life uh, was Transmetropolitan. Hmm. Yeah. Which I, looking back, I need to. I, I'm even like not. I'm not looking back. Just in a kind of a, like it's a really good comic. But then again, 
I forget. Was it Alan Moore or who? who no, wrote? that's not Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis. So really, I need to re look at whatever Warren Ellis has done and reevaluate it, its effect on my life as a just a contemporary human being. But like one of the things I I I, I really did like Transmetropolitan. A lot of that was just the fact that it had this weird future aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a non like serious mode, uh, Invincible is really good until it takes a shit around. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think like uh, I think it like it's it it starts out as like this you know teenage power fantasy where hey like my dad's essentially Superman and then he disappears and now I have to become Superman. Mm-hmm. But, but then like at, at it, and this is like super minor well spoilers. It's kind of a major spoiler if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, so then maybe I won't say that. The point where it takes a shit, I won't say, but never mind. It, there's but, a turn in it. There's, yeah, a there's, a, turn. there's a big twist and there's a big turn in it. Uh, the quality after that, they, the series no longer has anything to do. Like it was building yeah. towards that. It's like in Fables, if you read Fables, um, the point where they introduce who the adversary is. Um, like there's still some okay comics that come after that, but at that point there's no... Like, it's done its thing. It should have ended there. Right, and... Yeah. Yeah, at that point, I... I kind of get what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. But it... it Maybe, you know, we'll take that somewhat... Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) But, and also in the more kind of, like, just comic booky whatever, uh, the new sort of Hawkeye series that's coming out is just... Fantastic. Oh, God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like the the episode where uh, or co- episode comic where it's done from the perspective of his dog. Yep, that's so good. Pizza <laughs> dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I sometimes go back and uh, reread the one uh, the, the 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 issue where it's like, oh, I made I made ten mistakes today, and the way that they frame up that narrative, like, mm-hmm. yeah. They're yeah they're doing they're doing some really nice things with narrative and art that other comics just aren't or comics that at it it feels like an indie comic when it's really just this mainstream sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I can't recommend the uh, the the Marvel now Hawkeye um, enough. That's uh that's been really great. Uh, just uh, by 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 way of moving moving us through a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I will pick up here and say I'm kind of a comics poser insofar as the thing that probably left the biggest mark on me was the uh, um, Doctor Manhattan origin story from Watchmen. I think that is uh, one of the finest pieces of like visual storytelling I've seen, um, you know, in sequential art or whatever you want to say. It's just it's it's great, um, you know. If 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 not like the tragedy of it all, um, just the, the 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 way it's assembled, like it's like wow, it, it kind of staggers you a little bit. Yeah, you could you could do if you're if that's what you're interested in, or one of the things you like about comics, you can do worse than like a lot of Alan Moore. That is a huge Alan Moore thing, like the kind of parallels and the, you know, panels being, uh, uh, you know, uh, what is the word? A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Um, <laughs> Why am I using that? The gutters? What? I don't know. Like a, a phrase that's the same forwards and backwards. Oh, palindromes? Yeah. Palindrome, that's what mm. I'm saying. Like visual yeah. palindromes is a big Alan Moore trope, and yeah. he does a lot of mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, and, and we three will make you cry, so read that as well. <laughs> so sneak something in there because I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's see here. Um, 
Um, Brett, he has one that's not really a question, but it says, hey, he agrees with you about Neonomicon. Yeah, nice. It's good, but it's it's difficult. But yeah. man, it will have an effect on me. That's one of those things, like, um, with I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, we're going to have to put, a, like, a trigger warning on that because one of the chapters is entirely about rape. Yeah. And so that's a little um, unfortunate. Brayden was talking to me about that's how his big problem with that story. And, like, I get it. Like, there's certain, there's just sci-fi men of a certain vintage I will forgive for some things. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> uh, and, that, like, Harlan Ellison is one of them where it's, like, you know, he's just like, I really like that story. I just felt like that was really gratuitous and really bothered me. And I'm like, that's not, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> it's really gratuitous, and it should really bother you. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of how I feel about um, uh, Preacher. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it feels like this is uh, uh, com- uh, constantly escalating, like, sexual debauchery uh, sort of thing, and I, I don't know quite how to feel about it. That's kind of like Garth text. but the thing about Preacher, <laughs> this is before he got, like, Garth Ennis really fell off. When Preacher, I still think, is a really good comic, but you end up having to start looking past that stuff to get to, like, the relationships and characters. Right. Which are really good in, in Preacher. Like, Cassidy in Preacher is one of the most, like, complicated characters I've read in a comic, and mm-hmm. I really love him. Like, I think he's, he's a great character. Um, but there, you do have to get through a lot of weird, like, LOL, immature suck shit that Garth Ennis just can't tear himself away from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like... Two things. Like, there are three things. He loves weird suck shit, Making fun of superheroes and real men in World War II, and like those three <laughs> things are just the things you stir together to make a Garth Ennis comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the only while well, we're still on comics, I'm gonna have to say the other, other than Transmetropolitan, I'm gonna sidestep Sandman and go to Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer's great. Yeah, like there's a I think Sandman with like focus. I think I like yeah. Lucifer. I like Sandman quite a bit actually. Like uh, Sandman has a couple of. Well, more than a few uh, lols where they're just not—they're not dealing with the the endless, and mm-hmm. like I just just don't like when the focus is on like normal people. I don't—I tend to just lose interest. Mm-hmm. And Sandman is best when it's focusing on like the high-level cosmic stuff. Yep. And Lucifer does kind of tend to stray at points, but it will—it always gets back to hey, here's. Here's you know we're talking about Lucifer here and this is the shit he's doing. Yeah, I I 100% agree, and I will go as far as to say I think Neil Gaiman is a little bit overrated. Like he's good. Uh. I think Sandman is a little bit overrated. I think the books are a little bit overrated. Have good, you? But, yeah. But not, not never like I've never read anything by him. I thought like, their individual stories in Sandman I think are like A plus. Sandman on a whole I think is like a B plus. Like it's good, but right. it's not you know one of my favorite comics ever. And same thing for his novels like. I haven't read anything I thought was better than, you know, like a B plus if like arbitrarily grade something. Yeah, I feel American, excuse me, American Gods could have chopped off like the last chapter and it would be perfectly fine. But I, I don't. Yeah. That's a whole other line of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> we have one last question. This is Jala who asks, "What are your What are your personal aspirations for your recording endeavors? Is an ideal <laughs> uh, in an ideal situation where you go next?" <laughs> that, that was the big depressing one that was like, oh, we're going to get this. Yeah, so yeah. I, wanted to put, I wanted to put it at the very end so we couldn't dwell on it for too long. Yeah. That's smart. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that I do for fun, I would love to do for money. I don't, I increasingly don't think that's the way that the world works. Um, yeah. Like, I would love to actually have the get good enough to be my job because I love doing it. 
Um, but it just I feel like we have weird like losing and devaluing of the artist class that has been going on forever. Um, you know that is related at least in part to globalization and just kind of the fact that you can get you know uh, Stephen King to write all your stories and you two to write all your songs, and that means that there's less room for you know Gary the writer and Gary the songwriter. Um, so there's still room for me, and I still I think we do okay. And there are probably people who look at our our swag roll and Patreon bucks and think that like we're just rolling in it, but that's not the case. You know, like I'm still I have very little money, and that is it's not my job to do this thing. It, it, like is not paying the bills or paying rent. And it would be awesome if it did. And I would love to do like music stuff, or I'd love to write. But it's just that stuff is so hard to break into at this point because of factors. And I can I can come in because like Dirk Knight is in no way as successful as as uh, Duck Feed, and I, I'm and I've really come to the realization that that's He's okay. Probably Comrade successful. Yeah, like uh, like I I've, uh, like I've, I I like I have our stats and I know exactly where we are and I'm and quite frankly I'm okay with that because really I'm not doing it to at least I tell myself ha 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 no like no I'm really. Dork Knight is about me keeping alive a sort of college uh, relationship that just otherwise would just die. And right. I like you you do that on the level I feel Cole and maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm No, you're right. Yeah, like it's I it, it it's it's not about the the internet fame as much as like like what is really what has internet fame really gotten anyone? <laughs> Immediately like, running away from internet fame, right? Uh, so, like, like maybe I'll my motivations at the start were that, but in the end, like I've, like I've actually got to, and this is kind of a, a weird thing to say, but I've got to talk to like Ra Salvatore, uh, mm. which was fucking awesome. Nice. Uh, I got to talk to John Wick, who is one of who wrote one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Uh, I got into Star Wars Celebration for free, which is uh, the like, the biggest Star Wars thing. And now, granted, I've spent on bandwidth costs because I use Libsyn and I know I'm overpaying. Uh, so I've probably overpaid. But it, I it's really just like, hey, these are my friends. I enjoy talking to them. I've established uh, relationships with with you guys, obviously, yeah. uh, with the other, you know, sort of the Ninjas versus Podcast guys, the guys that you, you know, the friends of the Duck Feed are yeah. kind of, we, we it's it's a weird parasitic relationship. <laughs> because it's a community you in a weird it? way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's the, that's that's the payoff for me. And then on top of that, I, I've met some really cool, like people like Jeff, Joffrey Geodude Lawton, Mm -hmm. uh, and like so, it's and what it comes down to is just sort of human relationships. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Like we have that too. Like you get, and I don't even want to devalue our tiny modicum of you know internet fame. Like, <laughs> like it is really, in, it's very heartening and fun to see people who like the stuff that we do and interact with them. Um, that makes my day. Like on a consistent basis, I really like that. And we've met amazing people, and I've got to interview people who are heroes of mine, and I've met all of you guys who, like, are friends. Like, you know, we chat on Facebook when we're not planning a podcast thing together. And, and people like, you know, like Allison and uh, and Will, you know, people who I, I chat with with some regularity, um, you have made actual friends through it. So it's not unvaluable. It is just, I guess, like, 
I guess I, I kind of maybe I lost track of the original question in my rush to be negative about my future <laughs> prospects. Yeah, where I see it going is probably the same thing that it has been with steady, slow growth mm-hmm. that will, you know, continue to pay dividends emotionally and relationship-wise if it never actually pays my rent until at some point I have to do something to pay my rent that takes this away from me and I die in a pauper's grave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... <laughs> and, yeah. and bef- Cole, before I, I give you a chance, let me just say, if if any of the, I'm sorry, uh, if any of you uh, out there on Facebook have been debating, should I should I friend Murph? You know, go ahead, because fuck it, I'm super easy on to find on Facebook, Murph Murphy. I'll, I'll fucking talk to you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fucking, you know, like, I, hey, I'm, I'm a guy. I enjoy we talking to people. None of us are that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. We're all just guys. We're all just dudes. Yeah, this dude's just dudin'. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep my part of this short because I know you have to go, Gary. You know, like, the, the aspiration is always independence, right? You know, to, to, to create a thing and support it until it can support you. Right, like that, that. That that's the hope, and that's the dream, and that's the goal. And finding those things that you, that you guys talked about, those you know emotional dividends, um, that kind of keeps you warm at night while you are you know out there in the day actually doing the thing that you know, I, you know keeps the roof over your head. Right. So you're spot on, Gary. It's a you know it is it is a slow march towards some hazy definition of independence that is you know ever further in the distance, but getting closer, you know? It's, it's so funny the few times people have asked us for advice, which comes up, and it's like, well, you know, just make something you like, and then just stay on a regular schedule forever. Yep. And, oh, yeah, well, like, never, like, like, we never did a thing and then got mm-hmm. any audience from it. We, like, if you look at the charts, like, because they exist, like, it's just this steady, <laughs> slow growth. Yeah, you know? right. We've been doing this for, like, three years. It's not, like, you know... <laughs> Like it's, it's, consistency is the only thing that I can say that has ever rent like, like, other than like going on to another podcast that has more exposure. Like the only thing that I can say that is my measure of or, or way to guarantee success is consistency. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're cynical about that and you go on other shows as a move, people will sniff it out and oh right yeah people, people hate being marketed to. Or I mean I'm just projecting. <laughs> I hate being marketed to. So like if I hear somebody doing that, like, I don't like it, and I will not, it will not engender that person to me. Yeah. But if I hear something, and I end up liking the person anyway, then, like, that will help, you know, getting them on there. But we've never made... DarkNight.com! <laughs> we've never made decisions based on that either way. Like, we've never guested on a thing, or had a guest on a thing, um, Bonfire Side Chat primarily, which we have guessed, because of that reason. Like, we've never been cynical about it. It's always been somebody we've been interested in or liked. Um, who we thought would make a good show. And, like, not every show that we've done have I thought every guest was as good a fit as every other one um, without, you know, any specifics. But, like, we always go into it thinking, like, oh, this will be fun because we like this person. We're never doing it because we were trying to blow up, you know. I mean, because we know it doesn't work that way. Like, you know, we had Ron Gilbert on, and he's huge, and, like, that didn't blow us up. It helped marginally the same way everything helps marginally. Yeah. And I'll I'll say, like, just... Like I had Ari Salvatore on my podcast, mm-hmm. it didn't really help. Yeah, I mean that that episode, sure, like best episode ever. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, beside outside of that, no, nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, marginal 
kind of increases. Like just yeah. not even just whatever. Yeah, like in, like there, there there's no such thing as a hockey stick, right? Like when you look at the actual numbers, it is it is a series of plateaus. You know, like just mm-hmm. eventually something happens where it just kind of kicks you up to this next notch, and it's like a ratchet, right? Yeah. Well, kind kind of, except that the the ratchets are really small. You know, like yeah, yeah. our number, like it, numbers, it is like it is a really steady short growth. Mm-hmm. Like it almost doesn't feel like we have plateaued at any point. Like I'm sure that's there are brief periods, but it seems like there's just a little bit of growth. You know? Yeah. It is yeah. just like a trend, as opposed to like it isn't a hockey stick to your point where it's not just like wow. Yeah. Uh, but it is just kind of a general like, well, slow and steady does it. Yeah. Like I, I remember the first time. And, oh man, fucking nostalgia. Uh, <laughs> like you guys mentioned me, I think the first time on uh, your Final Fantasy VI episode, mm-hmm. and like that fucking made my day. Aww. Like I mean, like I was, I was, I didn't know it was coming. Like I had commented or something like that, and I was in the car listening, and then I was like. Holy shit! Someone on the internet mentioned me. You shouldn't feel that honored because we're just dudes, as previously. Right, discussed. you're right, and that's that's the thing. Like, then yeah. I met you guys and motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, my name. The um, but it is like I like being able to like keep that level of humility to where you know, other people's opinions about the stuff that we do in games, like, that's why that's so important to our show is having people write in, because mm. I don't honestly feel like our opinions are any more important than anyone else's. We're just putting out a thing. Yeah. You know, so, like, giving other people, like, we want to hear what other people have to say because we like talking games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy that that's been such a strong part of the show, and I'm glad we are able to phase, off, phase out incentivizing it by giving out stuff. Because that was like, if you look back on it in the history of Watch Out Fireballs, it's a very obvious way to just kind of get at this thing we wanted to get anyway, this kind of community feeling, and kind of trick, you know, trick it into existence. And then eventually yeah. we didn't need to. Gary, I think you guys still contractually owe me a copy of Abe World's Odyssey, since <laughs> I, uh, I, was the, I was the best comment on the uh, DuckTales... Uh, and I never collected it because I already owned Ave World's Odyssey <laughs> very much. Oh, now I feel bad. Well, there's, we've been so funny, like this. I feel like this is semi-safe as long as we don't say names. Like we've been really good about giving out prizes when we gave prizes, and then one guy we forgot about like twice, and who called us out really hard on Facebook mm-hmm. about it, and in this like tone that was very like. Like, I could have made or break you. I could have been the biggest fan you ever had, but you fucked it up. <laughs> like, how, little, how little power, how much power do you think we have? Yeah. Like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird. So weird. Have you watched me scratch my back with a stick for two hours? <laughs> not like, thing. I'm holding an exacto knife, I'll cut you. Yeah. Well, it just yeah, it just it's silly, and it just it was it was a silly thing. And yeah. yes, we said we were gonna do something and should have done it, but yes. Yeah. No, I mean, really, the the fact I really I I have a world's Odyssey, and I really wish I didn't. So <laughs> we can take a copy of it from you for your podcast. <laughs> 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 <That's right. laughs> yeah. We better draw this to a close. Yeah, I have to go. I'm gonna go eat some dinner with Brayden, who now lives in Portland. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's going to be at PRG. Are you? That's to the listener, yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if you happen to be in Portland, it'll hurt our feelings if you don't come. Yes. 
the uh, if you are but yeah you should listen if you're in the Pacific Northwest come to Portland Retro Gaming Expo you if you're listening to this show you listen to our other shows so you know this already yeah I'm sure um, yep. it's gonna be real fun. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who participated and watched um, and uh, dropped us some questions. And thank you, Murph, uh, for hey, joining us. Thank you, I guys. Mean, actually. What's that? Oh, no, thank you guys for having me. I, this yeah. is hilarious. Even yeah. though if we got Malden and whatever serious at a time and, you know, <laughs> trashed our corporate overlords. <laughs> it happens every time. Literally. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. If there's anybody, so as you noted, um, as people are listening to this, Murph is not um, on a show on the network, but he's been guest before. If there are people you'd like to see who fall into that category, um, let us know. Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, kind of bonfire side chat regulars and, and such. Um, we will, uh, we'll, we could probably pull that off. Yeah. So. <laughs> cool. Hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to stop this broadcast now. All right, that's our, that's our sign-off, our infamous sign-off for the show. Yes, I'm going to stop this. <laughs> it is going to stop now. Uh, well, good night, everybody. Night. Boy, that was fun. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, our next broadcast is going to be happening here soon, so keep your eye on our Facebook pages or the Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We would once again like to thank Murph for uh, taking the time to come on and say some cool stuff. You can check out his podcast, The Dork Knight Podcast, on iTunes. And while you're there, leave this show, Duckfeed Live, a rating or a review. It really helps us out. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again in uh, roughly a month's time.